And so today we are going to begin um, the kind of trajectory of the instructions or the practice um, with gathering, calming, by working with the body and the breath. So we're not going to introduce the formal, any of the formal Brahma Viharas practices yet today. If you're familiar with them and you feel that you wish to, to already work with them, that's fine. Um, but all these practices work really well if they're grounded in the body. Yeah, if they're grounded in the body. So um, we're actually going to take the time. We have a whole week, which I think for Caroline and me is a real treat. <laughs> in the past, we've done this retreat in five days. So having seven days with you feels really wonderful. And it means that we can really take our time and settle in. Yeah, settle in. So today we're going to really prioritize arriving, gathering, steadying, calming the mind and the body. Um, to some degree, yeah. So, you know, if I'm saying that and you're expecting that by the end of this sitting um, there'll be no thoughts and the, the body will be at ease and, you know, that's it, then it might happen. But, you know, it's also a process. That's where the patience comes in. So we're, we're beginning that process and we're having that intention of gathering, calming, steadying the being. And the language gets tricky here, so I just kind of want to highlight one part here, which is, you know, I've just said oh, we're not beginning the Brahma Viharas <laughs> practice yet. I said the formal. Yeah, so that was the caveat. So we've started already. <laughs> And all of this is one thing. Okay, so we're going to work with the breath and the body today, uh, but we're doing it with an attitude of kindness. Yeah. And as I said, the Brahma Vihara's practices work really well if they are rooted in body awareness. So that's kind of the, it's all there all the time. Yeah, all there all the time. We're just kind of playing with different threads in the practice. And I'll hopefully speak about that, about that more tonight. So with these instructions that we'll be offering um, at this time every day, just to kind of say something general about them. So we'll be offering some suggestions, some guidelines, um, some instructions for the practice. And the invitation is very much to listen, yeah, to be as receptive as you can, and then to experiment how, this, um, how these instructions meet your own experience. Okay, so it's very much about that, bringing that into my experience, experimenting with it in my own experience. So, you know, we're not, we're not going to test you at any point, you know, to see if you're doing what we're telling you to do. <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not the intention, we have no interest in that. 
It's really about you receiving, experimenting, trying it out, seeing what works, seeing what works for you. If at any point it feels useful to you to use a practice that you already know and work with and it's not what is being suggested, just to say that's absolutely fine. Okay, so a lot of this is also about kind of listening, being open, being receptive, but also trusting your own sense of inner authority. Yeah, that's part of the experimentation and the learning and the growing process for us. So, last night I mentioned this process as an exploration of playfulness and patience. And I really want to highlight that again today yeah, in relation to what I just said. Yeah, so, we need patience in life. And we need patience in the practice. And it's something that's really helpful and it's also something that we're really, really cultivating as we sit here on the cushion. Yeah. But just remembering, this is, we're here, it's a process. It's a process. And we keep kind of, we keep turning up, we keep showing up to the practice. And drop by drop, yeah, the momentum grows. And the playfulness, really giving ourselves permission to experiment and to be creative with a practice. Practice is something alive, yeah, is something alive. And if you think of anything in your life that you do or you've done that's had creativity in it, if we can bring that into the practice, that kind of flavor, yeah, we're learning, we're growing. It's not about getting it right as opposed to wrong. It's about really kind of showing up and experimenting. And that's the way we learn. Okay, I'm going to go off on a tangent now, but actually yesterday on the way to the train station, my partner was telling me about something he's just read, which is that they've, they've seen with learning that even robots, yeah, artificial intelligence, yeah, if they are taught to do a task, yeah, in a straightforward kind of frontal way, you know. This is what you need to do, this is what you do, this is right, this is wrong. They learn to do it very well. But if anything goes wrong, they lose the capacity to do that task completely. Okay? If they are taught a task in what we would call play, <laughs> Yeah, this is, it's mind-boggling, yeah? but they've been doing this with artificial intelligence. So in a way of experimentation, yeah, that's play. They kind of learn it themselves through trial and error. They might not do that task as well as the robots who've just been taught, you know, kind of very directly to do it. But if anything goes wrong, they adapt. Yeah? So they can continue to do that task even when conditions change. And I, I, find, I find that completely, you know, you're all staying very still and kind of <laughs> with this. For me, it's like, wow, you know, wow. 
You know, we know that about ourselves as humans. You know, we've heard that, right? Especially if we've kind of been more in the world of alternative education. <laughs> yeah. But this is what is, you know, is supposedly artificial, and yet it follows that same pattern. There's something about resilience and in that creativity, in that playfulness, that is really healthy <laughs> for us and means that we can continue to adapt yeah? as conditions change. And you know, one of the things we know about life is that conditions change. Yeah? Conditions change. So how important is that playfulness in the practice, in our lives, just to kind of really, really bring that in? So, you know, and, and for a lot of us it's difficult, yeah? We're, we've been so trained to be good, to do right, to be afraid of doing the wrong thing, getting it wrong, failing, making mistakes. Yeah, it's such a strong tendency. And here, you know, the invitation is, okay, let's see that that tendency is there and let's see if we can soften around it and bring in the creativity, bring in the playfulness, the process. One of my teachers said to me recently, you know, we really have to love meditation if we want to keep doing it. Yeah. So, you know, that may sound like a tall order. Yeah. But can we just bring in that sense of playfulness into the experience? And feel ourselves taking it seriously, becoming heavy. Breathing. Opening. Relaxing, seeing what can help to just lighten it up a little bit. Exploring what would happen if I breathe in this way? What would happen if I relax the posture in this way? So, playfulness. And we'll keep reminding you of this, yeah, with the patients together. They two really, really work together to, to support us in this unfolding of the practice. So, I just like to touch on some of the of the words, some of the language, some of the concepts that we've already been using and we will be using um, over the days. Just again, to kind of start and tune in to, to the practice together and to this retreat together. Yeah. So, the first word I, I'd like to mention is awareness. Yeah. I think, I don't know how many times I've already said that. In the, in the short time we've been practicing here since, since last night. Awareness. What is awareness? Yeah, that's a huge question. A huge question. But for us right now, awareness is that which knows. Yeah. That capacity that we have as human beings to be aware, to know what is arising in experience. Okay, so as Caroline was saying this morning, you know, that capacity to know I'm getting up and walking to the dining room right now. 
yeah, before I just find myself suddenly sitting there with a spoon of porridge already in my mouth. Yeah. So that awareness, that capacity to know what is arising. And we can guide awareness yeah, through directing our attention. Yeah, so right now, possibly, your attention is directed towards what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's something that, that is happening right now. It's a volitional thing. You're doing, there's intention there. Right? You could ignore. We could decide to pay attention to something else. That's perfectly fine. I won't take it personally. Yeah. But there is that, you know, we're making a choice. We're directing the attention. And so we're aware of something specific within the field of phenomena that is being known to the mind and body right now. So the mindfulness, or kindfulness, if you like that word better, we can interchange those, is being, staying with the object that we're directing our attention to. Okay? So staying, and if we just keep using this example, staying with my voice, staying with the content of what I'm staying. Yeah, it's being mindful of that. So sustained attention. Does that make sense to people so far? If you don't nod, I think it won't. All right. Okay. And the mindfulness itself, yeah, is, you know, is made up of different components. Okay, I'll just say that. I don't want to. I don't want to go into too much right now. I'm resisting <laughs> that temptation. And the mindfulness itself is also, you know, contains different elements. Yeah, it has alertness in it. Right, noticing whether I'm with that object or not. Yeah, that's a type of alertness that is there. And it has um, something that we call ardency sometimes, which is that creative playfulness of, okay, you know, it's come back. Yeah, I notice I've been distracted. I'm coming back. Okay, so the mindfulness itself is complex. So there's all these different things coming together in the practice. And it can be helpful to, to feel that mindfulness, that bringing the attention to a specific object that we're choosing and staying with it or coming back to that. Feel that as an act of intimacy. Yeah, so it's not, you know, sometimes it can feel quite um, distant and cold. Yeah. And it's okay if that's what's going on. But we can just see what is, as I said, what is the flavor of that mindfulness? And can I actually see it again with that act of kindness, kindfulness, an intimacy with life, an intimacy with our experience? Yeah. Getting to know. We're interested in getting to know. So, in many ways, we can really simplify our meditation practice. You know, we can say we 
choose an object of meditation. Today is going to be the breath and the body. In the next days it will be you know, the phrases or whichever way you'll be using the Brahma Vihara's practices. So we're choosing an object and we're collecting the attention. We keep bringing back the attention to that object. Yeah, seemingly very simple, not so easy, as you've probably already noticed. And it doesn't matter how long you've been meditating. <laughs> it's not so easy. Yeah, the mind has got other habits which are quite strong. And as we do this, yeah, as we do this over time, the mind settles to a degree. Yeah, that's why I said we're gathering, collecting the mind. Gathering and collecting so that it settles to a degree and that allows us to see more clearly what is present in our experience. The more settled the mind is, the more clearly we can see what is actually here. What is actually here? And the more clearly we see what is here, the more possibilities of response, a skillful response that we have. Yeah, this is the practice. This is freedom from suffering. Seeing clearly and having more choice, not just the habitual automatic pilot way of responding to life, but more possibility to attend in ways that are wholesome, that are helpful, that are kind. So again, we need a lot of patience. The mind will move, the mind will get distracted, the mind will follow its habits, that's fine. That's what it does, it's a human mind. If we can remember patience and kindness, when we notice that, that can really support us. Yeah, to come back. So I'll try I'll try and wrap up, but I still have one big thing to speak about. So um, I want to introduce a little bit the the particular uh, way of working with the breath that um, that we'll be introducing today. Um, and, you know, most people here, I'm sure, have done mindfulness of breathing. It's the most common mindfulness practice there is. It's not the only one, really important to say that. Yeah, and it's not everybody's um, cup of tea either. And that's fine if it's not. Absolutely fine. Okay. There's, I think, 40 different mindfulness of body practices that the Buddha taught just in the, mind, in the Four Foundations of Mindfulness Sutta alone. Okay. So there's a lot. Mindfulness of breathing is just one of those. So really important to say that. And as I give the instructions today, if you already know that you, know, you struggle with, with breath as an object of mindfulness, just shift to the body. Okay, use either contact areas of body with the ground or any other kind of body awareness practice that you know. That's absolutely fine to, to, to switch that. So, the basic practice, mindfulness of breathing, which a lot of you would know, but 
It's always helpful to be reminded of as we use the breath as the object. Yeah, we make the intention to bring the attention to the breathing. Yeah, then we do that. And then that's step two. Step three is we notice that the mind has moved away from the breath. When we notice that, we acknowledge that's what's happened. And then we come back to the intention to bring the attention to the breathing. So that's step three, which is where we tend to think we've failed, we've lost it, we're not doing it right. That's part of the practice. Okay, It's not just an opportunity to beat ourselves up, which for many of us is you know, a very strong pattern, but it's actually an opportunity to say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm aware. Right now I'm actually mindful. <laughs> yeah, because I'm noticing where the mind is. And I bring it back to the breath or the body, whatever the object of your practice is. So this is, it's really important. I know it sounds like, you know, basics, but it's kind of basics all the way. <laughs> Really, really important to remember this. And really with that, remembering that this practice isn't about, you know, just being aware of the breath and everything else needs to disappear. Yeah. We're not trying to suppress the rest of our experience. We're just collecting and gathering onto the breath. Just collecting and gathering onto the breath or the body. So that's one way that we're, we're using the breath, yeah, as the object, as the way to collect and gather the attention. Another way that we're using the breath in, in this practice is um, that the breath is a vehicle to bring awareness into the body. Okay, so for a lot of us, what happens most of the time is that our awareness is in the head. We're aware of the thinking mental world and we're quite disconnected from the body and so the breathing can help us connect to the body which opens up another a whole other field of our experience that's another kind of thing that is happening with the breathing we can also connect to the breath as a resource you know you may not remember but last night the beginning of the opening talk Caroline was um, inviting us to breathe deeply. Yeah. That can feel, we can feel how our experience changes when we breathe, breathe in a different way. So that's a resource. Yeah. Remembering to breathe. Remembering to breathe and noticing what happens when we do that. So, breath as a resource. And we can also open to the breath um, as an energy, so or the body as an energy field. So not just the physical sensations of the breathing, yeah, which in some uh, some techniques of, of breath meditation really emphasize the the actual just the physical sensation of the breathing, but actually feeling the breath as an energy that comes into the whole body, yeah, is spreading through the whole body. If we feel think about on a scientific level, the oxygen spreading through the whole system into the whole body. So the breath as an energy, 
that fills up the whole body as we breathe or connects us to the energetic qualities of this really sensitive thing that we're inhabiting in a human body. So breath as an object of mindfulness, breath as a way of connecting and embodying our body, more full field of our experience, breath as a resource, and breath as an energy, so beyond just the physical sensations of the, of the breathing. So with the practice today, the encouragement, the invitation will be to explore the breath, not just as a mindfulness object, that's kind of an integral part of the practice, but really as a resource, as an embodiment, and as a kind of ener the energetic quality of the body or the breathing. And Something that's really helpful with that is if we explore actually either ways of breathing that feel pleasant or comfortable or okay, yeah, for us. So it doesn't need to be, you know, I've got to kind of find the best breath ever, you know, it doesn't need to be that kind of peak experience. It's about finding, breathing in a way, finding ways of breathing that feel pleasant, that feel nourishing, that feel okay. And we can also do the same thing that feels like a, a tall order and not so um, accessible to you. We can just feel what aspect of the breathing right now feels lovely or feels nice or feels okay or feels pleasant. Okay, so this might sound a little bit different than other mindfulness of breathing instructions you may have heard over the years. But it's just a kind of shifting of um, what we're paying attention to. Okay, so we're not creating something that isn't there, but we're paying attention through that lens and seeing with a very open kind of very open heart and mind what with this way of looking what is going to arise what will i find remember playfulness playfulness with that and there's this beautiful quote of the buddha teaching this practice um this is a translation by Tanisa Rubiku from the Pali and a gender change um, by my partner, Nathan. And so here's, the, here's a piece from the Buddha. And he says, breathing in long, she discerns, I'm breathing in long. Breathing out long, she discerns, I'm breathing out long. Breathing in short, she discerns, I am breathing in short. Breathing out short, she discerns, I am breathing out short. 
So knowing the breath, knowing the breath, intimate with the breath. She trains herself. I will breathe in sensitive to the entire body. It's one of my favorite lines. I will breathe in sensitive to the entire body. What does that mean? That's something to explore today. She trains herself, I will breathe out, sensitive to the entire body. And she trains herself, I will breathe in, calming bodily fabrications. And she trains herself, I will breathe out, calming bodily fabrications. Calming the body, calming the bodily fabrications. So I'll speak more about this word fabrication later um, today. But just to kind of say that this points to the conditioned and complex nature of our experience. Yeah, that everything arises dependent on other things. So whatever our experience is, it's also influenced by the weather. For example, it's influenced by our mood. It's influenced, you know, by how well we slept last night. It's influenced by whether we like porridge for breakfast or not. You know, all these things come together and affect experience. And if we can remember that, and as we breathe, as we bring the mindfulness into the body, as we tune in to the pleasant or the okay, or the good enough as it is in our experience right now, we remember that. We're just calming that building up of experience into something solid and serious and permanent. Yeah? So whatever is arising, you can breathe with it and see how it changes. See how it is complex. And we're not kind of trying to figure out what it's made up of. We are just aware of that fabricated nature, that complex nature. Okay, good. So, let's do a bit of practice together. So we've already been sitting here for almost 40 minutes. So if you need, if you want to just stand up, we'll have another um, 15 minutes now to practice. If you want to stand up or stretch any part of the body um, and then take your seat again, then feel really invited to do that, just to release any extra tension. And then when you're ready, you can also practice in the standing position if you wish. Um, And otherwise, when you're ready, settle back into the sitting.
And already in this process of settling into the posture, we're bringing the attention to the body. And we can just bring this quality of curiosity and interest to the body experience. Settling into the body, making any adjustments that we need to the posture so that the body feels supported, stable. You can take a moment to feel the contact areas of the body with the seat and the body with the ground. And just letting the attention settle there, the awareness settle there, kind of being grounded in the body through these contact areas. And then gently expanding up the body, particularly into the back and the spine. You can bring our attention to the back and the sense of uprightness in the back and balancing that with a sense of ease or relaxation. So the uprightness, the alertness, balanced with a sense of openness, of ease, of receptivity. Gently opening out the awareness, if that's possible for us, expanding it out. So we get a sense of the whole body sitting or standing. Rising up from the contact with the ground and with the seat. And the whole body. as if the awareness is spread out, filling up the whole body. For some of us, it's helpful to actually feel the awareness around the body as well. As if we're sitting within a bubble or a cocoon of awareness of this sensitive, alive, knowing quality. An energy field of sensitivity. And so it's possible to stay with this body awareness as the main practice, as the object of your practice. 
Just staying within the sense of either groundedness in the contact areas or of a wide body awareness. Stretched out through the body. And just coming back to that feeling of a stretched wide awareness. And we can also open or include the breath as it flows in and out of this field of awareness, flows in and out of the body. You can play with the breathing in several ways. You can feel the breath filling up the body, filling up this space of awareness. Breath is an energy. And on the out breath, just feeling the body relax and loosen. Or if it works better for you, you can feel the breath in a more particular area. So it can be the breath as it flows through the chest and the belly, filling up the space and letting go on the out-breath. So feeling what works for you and just choosing one way of working with it for this period of time. So for many of us, it can be interesting and worthwhile to invite the breath to be a little bit longer or a little bit deeper than the kind of standard habitual way of breathing. So we're not forcing the breath and we're not manipulating it. We're inviting it to deepen or lengthen or both and seeing what effect that has. And we're interested in tuning in to the breath particularly in whatever aspect of the breathing feels nice, lovely, comfortable, pleasant good enough as it is. So as I said earlier, we might tune in to a way of breathing that feels nourishing or comfortable, 
or spacious. Or we might just tune in to an aspect of the breath that feels even a little bit lovely, a little bit pleasant, comfortable. If you find that the mind is moved, that you're distracted to thinking or sleepiness or whatever is arising, just acknowledging that, ah, thinking, tiredness, pain, whatever is arising, Acknowledging that and then coming back to the body or the breath, reconnecting to whatever in the breath of the body feels pleasant, feels nourishing or to breathing in a way that feels pleasant, comfortable. So right here in this moment, right now, can I tune in to the body or the breath, whatever practice I'm doing. Tune in to any pleasant aspect of that. Noticing what happens to the experience when we do that.
his breath right now. Is there anything pleasant, comfortable, good enough in it? Can I tune into that? Let the breath, let the body be a place of nourishment. Not pushing away any aspect of experience, but just prioritizing, tuning in our receptivity. to the nourishing, to the pleasant, to whatever is good enough, just as it is. So we can really keep doing this through the day, grounding the attention in the body or the breath, but with this particular, um, you know, bringing the attention particular to what feels okay in our experience. Okay, and really important to remember that spectrum, so it doesn't need to feel great. Yeah, just good enough as it is, just okay. Or, you know, that wonderful. I first came to the UK, I was always really struck by this. I asked people, how are you doing? And they'd say, not too bad. Such a British expression. Not too bad. So we can use that. (laughs) Yeah, what's not too bad? If that resonates more, you know, it just, you know, there may be some resistance to this because it can feel like, oh, you know, what's this new age rubbish, you know, the pleasant, you know, the comfortable. So, yeah, the not too bad, the okay, the good enough, 
And we're just doing this. Remember, we're experimenting, yeah? seeing. What happens to my experience when I do that? Yeah? Not pushing anything else away. Yeah, we're not trying to paint the world a certain color. Just seeing what happens to this mind, what happens to this heart, what happens to this being when we tune into this. So, you know, if there's resistance, that's fine. That's fine. Seeing if we can play with that a little bit too. And just see what happens when we tune into these qualities for a day. For a day of our lives. And so we have some time now for walking practice. And beautiful environment to, to do the walking practice in. So a real encouragement um, to walk outdoors if possible. There's something about uh, the walking which is really about connection. Yeah, really kind of we... The walking and the sitting really support each other. Yeah, so we're sitting here indoors together. Yeah, certain set of conditions. And then we flow into the walking, which is, you know, we're all doing it at the same time, but it's a more personal practice that we're doing. And it's more kind of, we're more open as we walk outdoors to the life um, around us. So just noticing that the flavors of the walking and the sitting for you um, as, as you do, as you make that transition again and again through the day. With the walking practice, um, the kind of what's helpful for most of us with the walking is just like in the hall, you know, we have our, our seat, right? We have our place. Um, it can be really helpful also with the walking outdoors to have a path, to have a, a bit of lawn that we walk on so that, you know, we're not kind of walking out the door and think, oh, where should I go now? You know, we just, we just flow out to our walking place. We choose an area, maybe five meters, maybe 10 meters long. And that's our walking path. That's our place where we do the walking practice. And for most of us, it's helpful to slow down the walking quite a lot. Yeah, so we're walking at a lot slower than we normally would. And that really supports the, the qualities of mindfulness and attentiveness. So we're slowing down, we've got our path. We bring the attention primarily to the contact of the feet with the earth. Yeah, the feet with the earth. And again, in these weather conditions, really um, encouraging the hippie in you, if you wish to walk barefoot, that's wonderful. Um, shoes are also absolutely fine. You know, just notice what feels more connecting, more grounding. So the attention in the feet, in the sensations of feet touching the earth. Yeah, teach feet touching the earth. Walking slower than you normally would, experimenting with the pace. Walking along your path, feet touching the earth. And then when you get to the end of the path, just stopping for a moment, feeling the whole body, connecting to the whole body. 
And then feeling the, that intention to turn and walking the other way. Okay, so it's really simple, really simple. It can be helpful to have the gaze um, on the earth in front of you. So, you know, there's going to be more stimulus, um, but not kind of completely, you know, wandering around and being kind of really stimulated by what's around. And really feeling that, that contact. Sometimes, you know, that what is a step? What is a step? That foot lifting and then moving forward and then being placed on the earth. Just feeling that flow. Flow of the human body. Yeah, and then the other foot coming up. And just that flow. It's like a it's like music or like a dance, you know, and really tune in to that really simple thing that we have done so many times. You know, how many steps have we taken in our lives? And it actually tuning into that, tuning into the preciousness of that and the detail of that. And we can, you know, continue that thread of the, of, of the practice we just did, tuning in to whatever feels lovely in that. Yeah, whatever feels, you know, nice, pleasant, okay in that. And the feet and sometimes the whole body moving. I always, when I do walking practice or give these instructions, I remember um, a quote from Thich Nhat Hanh, the Vietnamese meditation master. He says about walking practice, if we can remember that the miracle is not to walk on water, it refers to Jesus, of course, the miracle is not to walk on water, the miracle is to walk at all. You know, if we can remember that, even for one moment a day, as we take a step, what a gift. And what does that do to the being when we connect to that? So a real encouragement with the walking practice, it's very interesting to see the difference yeah, for us. And often it becomes, um, I often tell this story, I remember teaching a retreat in India and someone who was used to doing retreats at Gaia House um, came and said to me in a, in a group or interview, said, oh, I realize, you know, that at Gaia House, the walking practice becomes the making a cup of tea time. And, you know, in India, you know, there's tea twice a day, that's it, you know, there's no tea, you know, corner, whatever you call it. So there isn't that option. She says, oh, I've got to do some walking. So it can be really interesting to notice what comes up for us, yeah? Ah, now, you know, we're not all in the hall together, it's, I'm here on my own, and all kinds of things may come up. And it's absolutely fine to have a cup of tea, yeah? Not to say, no, you're not allowed it. You know, make a cup of tea, take it out. <laughs> Do your walking practice. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah, go to the bathroom, do the things you need to do and notice the difference. The support of the group in here, what happens, yeah, what happens within me. Not to judge, not to constrain, to be interested in. Yeah, to get to know ourselves and our habits. This is a great opportunity.
And hopefully the last thing I'm going to say is uh, <laughs> that, you know, to really hopefully encourage you with this, so much insight comes during the walking. Yeah, so much insight comes during the walking. So don't give up on it. Yeah, see if we can generate the interest, generate the commitment, and do the walking practice. See what comes. And for some people, fall in love with it straight away. For others, it takes a bit more um, patience and playfulness and steadiness. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.